two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Raquette Lake, New York, this is The Big Fib, and here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Wow, welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the open, sweet spot of top-spinning truth and the backhanded and inverted dead ball of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for live in-studio audience. Burp. Pardon me. I burp when there's a listener question in my ogle port. Ooh, a listener question. Well, maybe you'll feel a little better after you uh, play that question for us. Good idea. Here it is, Deborah. Hello. My name is Lucy, and I'm 13 years old. My question for Lisa is if you could be any superhero, what would your power be? Thanks. I love your guys' podcast. <laughs> Aw, thanks, Lucy. Great question. Uh, I personally would love the ability to fly. How about you, Lisa? I take issue with that question, Lucy, okay? Mm-hmm. I believe it would be more appropriate to ask me which superpower superheroes would like of mine. Of yours? What do you mean? I mean, who wouldn't want to have my superpowers? Like, incredible ability to beatbox. Hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> like that. Or, uh, you know, you could generate any kind of sound on demand. Like, Deborah, have you ever heard my most recent sound file? Earthworms playing underground frisbee. Ooh, how would they even play underground? Here it is. Fr- oh. That's something, all right. Something every superhero wishes they could do. All right, then, Lucy. I guess you have your answers, albeit probably not the answers you were expecting. You're welcome. Okay, let's get on with the game, shall we, Lisa? We shall. Yes, please. Why don't you tell us how our game works? Why don't you ask me to tell us how our game works? (laughs) Lisa, could you please tell our listeners how our game works? So that wasn't so hard, okay? No, it wasn't. Yeah. Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. We go out, and we say, are you a grown-up? And they say, yes. And we say, are there two of you? And then they say, yes. And we say, come on here. <laughs> and here's the catch about these grown-ups, okay? Mm-hmm. One of them is an expert, a bona fide, real deal, big-time, fancy-fancy expert. Mm-hmm. One is a bona fide, a real deal, fancy-dancy liar. Ooh. Yeah. And it's the job of a human child to figure out which is which. Mm. What are we lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about table tennis, an indoor game played with paddles and a ball bounced on a table divided by a net. Lisa, what do you know about table tennis? I know that table tennis reminds me of my great aunt Pong. She was the original computer version of table tennis. Ooh, cool. Uh, She was uh, the coolest. But she's been greatly wronged 
by Atari. Oh. She has yet to receive one royalty check from them. Oh, no. Has she tried getting in touch with the finance department there? Oh, she's tried, Deborah, And they keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, yeah, I get it. Like, like the game. Royalty checks are no game, Deborah. Sorry, you're right. Speaking of which. Yeah. I want direct deposit. <laughs> I'll work on that. Okay. Well, speaking of game, let's get on with ours, shall we? Lisa, who is our contestant today? Our human child contestant is an 11-year-old who wants to be an archaeologist and has a very special stuffed animal, Danya Goma. <gasps> Welcome, Danya. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. It's so nice to have you here today. You have a special stuffed animal. Why is that stuffed animal so special? It's really special because my cousin got it for me when I was little. Oh, what kind of animal is it? It's a cat. Little cat. Does it have a name? Yeah. I named her Kitty. That's a good name for a cat. Definitely. Very sweet. And you've had it ever since you were a baby. That is very special. Thank you for sharing. And I also understand you would like to be an archaeologist. What does an archaeologist do? Well, an archaeologist, usually they do archaeological digs. Ooh. And they help solve mysteries from the past. Wow. Oh. By digging? Yes. Because they find stuff when they're digging? I have a mystery. What is your mystery? I can't find any of my string cheese. Danya, can you solve it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not by digging anything, right? Yeah. Unless you've buried your string cheese in the backyard. Yes, I bury my string cheese. Oh, well then. Oh, actually, that's probably where it is. It's probably just buried. Perhaps you need someone like Danya to help dig it up. Oh, thank you, Danya. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I love that you want to discover the answers to mysteries in the past. That's super cool. Good luck on your path to becoming an archaeologist. I really, I really do dig it. Okay, well, we certainly want to know more fun facts about you, but we're going to do it playing our special game, Two Truths and a Lie. I'm sure you've heard of it. You are going to share with us three facts about yourself. Two of those facts will be true. One will be a lie. We have to figure out which one is the lie. So, Danya, what are your three facts? My three facts are I am a brown belt in Taekwondo. I'm the first one in my family to be on a podcast, mm. and I have lived in three states. Okay. Mm. I feel like the brown belt might be a trick. Like, maybe she has a different color belt, or maybe she practices a different type of martial arts. What do you think, Lisa? Well, you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to look up every person who's ever been on a podcast on our podcast <laughs> file here. We have access to that as a podcast. And yeah, there are probably millions. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm not seeing any record of anyone else in her family on a podcast in the file. So <laughs> I'm going to say uh, that one is true. She's never, no one else has ever been on a podcast. She's the first one in her okay. family. Let's okay. see. Uh, oh, I also have a, what was the third one? It was, I have lived in three states. Mm, all right. Let me, let me just see here. I'm going to look up. We have uh, access to a list of everyone who's lived in, in three states. Um, <laughs> let me do? see. Gamma, gamma, gamma. Okay. You're on this list. Uh, so then uh, brown belt's got to be, got to be false. Got to be a lie. Interesting. Yeah. Because she, of all she's the got no brown belt. Databases. She didn't even have any uh -huh. belts. How about that? I, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll soon find out. Danya, which one of those facts is actually a lie? 
I'm the first one in my family to be on a <gasps> podcast. What? That was incorrect, Lisa. Your databases are incorrect. Somebody's oh, inputting the data incorrectly it. or something. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, who else has been on a podcast? My uncle runs a podcast with his friends. Really? And it's based off of Dungeons and Dragons. Cool. That sounds okay, cool. Okay, wait a minute. What's your uncle's last name, though? Same last name? No. That's why. I was looking up the wrong why. last name. Yeah, don't tell us what the last <laughs> name is. But you can tell us what the name of the podcast is. Do you know? I have no idea. <laughs> Very popular amongst the family members. I love Very that, good. too. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, so that means, though, that you are a brown belt in Taekwondo. Does that mean black belt is next? No, I have three more belts for oh. review. Okay. And then I go to black belt. Do you want to become a black belt? Yes. Cool. Well, good luck to you. Do you know how to break a board? Yes. <gasps> oh, hold on. Let me hide my precious boards. <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> Absolutely hide them. And you've lived in three states. Which states have you lived in? I lived in Massachusetts, New York, mm -hmm. and California. Ooh, Ooh which wow. one's your favorite? I really like Massachusetts mm. because there's just a lot of historical meanings in that state. Yes, absolutely. I'm getting the sense that you're really fascinated by history, and I love that. Super yes. cool. But unfortunately, today we're going to live in the present, if you don't mind, and we are going to get on with our game about table tennis. Have you ever played table tennis before, Danya? My friend actually has a table tennis um, set, and wow. we used to play it in her backyard a lot. Oh, wow. So you might know a thing or two. Yes. So whoever our fibber is, watch out. Okay, we are going to bring on our experts. Lisa, can we get some music for our table tennis experts? Let's play table tennis. It's about three seconds of playing and then 45 minutes of looking for the ball under the bookshelf. Where did the ball go? Why can't we find it? Come on in. Very fun song. I love it. Okay. Our first expert is Ian Seidenfeld. Ian, please introduce yourself to Danya. Hello, Danya. I'm Ian Seidenfeld, and I'm a Paralympic table tennis player. Thank you very much. Let's meet our second expert, Natalia Orlov. Natalia, please introduce yourself to Danya. Hi, Danya. I'm Natalia Orlov, and I'm a table tennis coach. Interesting. All right, then. Tell us about those sounds you've uploaded, Lisa. I'm serving you hot seat time. Okay, correct. That's what we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Danya's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Natalia Orloff, because her initials are no, oh. and I love that word. We know you do. Yes, that's true. Okay. No, I so, don't. <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> yes, I sure do. That's my new so laugh. So quick. Okay. That's <laughs> a good laugh sound file. Thank you. Danya, what is your first question for Natalia? What is a typical day like at your job? A typical day at my job, we watch a lot of game tape. And then when we actually practice, we spend about four hours a day just practicing serves because the game... Table tennis really comes down to just practicing your serve, getting your arm motion down, and working on spin because the game is won based on spin rate of the ball. 
So that's what my job looks like. A lot of science is involved, surprisingly. Interesting. That's yeah, what I always very... say, Deborah. I say it comes down to the spin rate of the ball. Is that what you say? I'm always saying, they're saying, sir, would you like a French fries with that? And I say, it comes down to the spin rate of the ball. <laughs> I see. <laughs> now I understand why you say that all the time. Yeah, that's why. Okay. Now, Danya, you're going to take it from here. Ian, this question's for you. What advice would you give me if I wanted your job? Hmm. Uh, if you wanted to become a table tennis player, uh, I would suggest that you initially have a great passion for sport and table tennis and uh, a passion for competing. Um, and then beyond that, uh, a work ethic that's willing to put in the time and do the things that you don't want to do all the time in yeah. order to do some of the things that you do want to. Um, and it's being able to put in hours kind of every day, um, wow. thoughtful hours. So is there stuff that you don't like to do that you have to do? Of course, of course. There's a bunch of different things. Um, sometimes uh, when you're conditioning yourself, you don't want to go out uh, at 8 a.m. to go biking or, or swimming or running. Um, mm. But those are some of the things you have to do. Wow. So you have to really be in good shape to play table tennis competitively. Correct. Got it. You have to okay, build a table you, every day, Deborah. It's exhausting. <laughs> you got to be in good shape. I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good point. Okay, Danya, back to you. Natalia, what are the rules of table tennis? Hmm. Well, there's a lot of really complicated ones, but the basic rule is that you have to let the ball bounce in front of you on your side. So when it's served, you have to let the ball bounce before you hit it back. There are no volleys allowed in table tennis. And if it doesn't bounce, then it's the other person's point. So that's that's the basic rule. It's pretty simple. How many points do you have to get to win? 11. Oh, got it. How many points do you need to get to lose? <laughs> <laughs> I think fewer than the other person. Yeah. Oh, it's, really, oh, it's yeah. a competitive thing. Yes, yes. Oh. Remember, Ian okay. was talking about you have to have a passion to be competitive as well. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. do it. Okay, <laughs> good. Okay, Danya. This question's for Ian. What is the story behind table tennis being invented? Oh. Uh, I believe table tennis was invented in the 1880s in Great Britain. Um, it's mainly kind of characterized by families playing on tables using uh, different books as the net. And you could use um, any kind of material, in fact, as, as the... Um, paddle or bat, as they call it in Great Britain, um, and then like a shoe. Uh, it could be a shoe. It could be a shoe, a pan, um, a scone, uh, probably. <laughs> anything that bounces can be used. Hello, let's let's hit a ball with our scones. <laughs> it would have to be kind of a stale scone, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what we do with them. <laughs> so, very cool. Interesting. Okay, Danya. Next question, please. This one's for Ian again. Which country is table tennis the most popular in and why? Mm, and why? Huh? China. China is probably where table tennis is the most popular. Um, it's the national sport of China. So if you can oh. think of uh, how football or basketball is um, received by the public, uh, table tennis is the same way in China. Um, wow. 
Yeah, they have schools in China, so they learn how to play table tennis at very young ages um, of five or or in elementary school in order to play at a high level later on. That's so interesting. I don't know if you would know this even. It's because they have the most tables in the world. Is that why? I was wondering how it would start in Great Britain and then China adopted it to such a degree. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, China, they just have so many tables. And when they found out about it, there was a guy who came over. He's like, hello, you got so many tables. You should play tennis on them. (laughs) And they were like, oh, okay, let's do that. And then it became popular. I see. That makes Uh, sense. Sure. Yeah. 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 Something. Yeah. A way to use all their tables. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, Tanya, you could carry on. This one's for both of you. What is the funniest thing that has happened at your job? Hmm. Let's see. Who would like to take that one first? I mean, Lisa had me laughing earlier because a lot of a lot of the funny is is where is the ball? <laughs> we lose a lot of balls and, <laughs> and they end up in, in the darndest places. <laughs> I bet. That's fair. Because you know, you're hitting that ball pretty hard, so it probably goes really far. So who knows where it ends up, right? Yeah. Mm. A lot of yeah. archaeologists devote themselves to finding <laughs> ping pong balls. Uh, so, not ping pong. Danya, that could yeah. be your specialty. Yeah, but except that we're talking about table tennis. Would either of you like to explain what the difference between table tennis and ping pong actually is? Do either of you know? <gasps> Did I do a faux pas? I'd do a bad job. That's okay. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a common misconception, right? That they are the same thing. Unless maybe they are the same thing. Are they the same thing? I can explain um, the difference between ping pong and table tennis. And there's kind of a a few iterations of um, ping pong uh, is trademarked by the Parker Brothers company, um, Mm. a children's, I think, board game company um, back uh, in the 20th century. And so in order to kind of get away from that trademark, um, professional Committees or organizations um, started calling it table tennis um, because ping pong was trademarked. And also, uh, in a lot of ways, right now, people think of ping pong as more of a recreational way of uh, naming table tennis. And table tennis is more of the professional way of uh, having rules, all the main rules of throwing the ball up six inches and hitting the ball down onto your side of the table. And uh, it's much more. Um, yeah, more rules. More rules. More professional, I suppose, is the idea. Okay, so ping pong is strictly amateur. Yeah. Yeah, but it it I don't see it as that way. I think ping pong and table tennis are interchangeable, and that um, ping pong is actually a much more fun way of calling table oh. tennis. So, but you don't get a, you don't get insulted. I have been exonerated. Yeah, it's not an insulting thing to when people ask you about playing ping pong. Is that correct? Uh, if you get uh, <laughs> insulted by somebody calling it ping pong, then maybe you should take yourself a little less seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Great advice. I love that. Yes, I agree with you. Okay, good. Thank you for clarifying. All right, Danya, where were we anyway? I interrupted with that question. Oh, right. Funny things. Yeah. Ian, do you also have a funny, unusual, or peculiar story about your experience with table tennis? I think the most fun that happens is when you're with friends in table tennis. So I can't 
exactly name any specific things, but I'm sure Danya can know that when you're with friends, well, crazy things happen and just anything that happens that might be funny is pretty hilarious to you. Um, whether you accidentally hit your friend in the face with a ball. Um, oh, dear. Or <laughs> if, if they miss a serve, then you kind of make fun of them a little bit. Right. Tease them. Um, that's probably the most fun that, that me and my friends have when we play table tennis. Yeah, that would yeah. happen all the time to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Does that ever hurt? A ping pong on the on the head? Does that hurt? Because it's going pretty fast. Yeah, uh, it's going it can. pretty fast, but not not too bad. It's I've it's, seen bruises. You have? Oh. I have not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to know. All right, maybe we need to invent some sort of table tennis guard, like umpires have. But yeah, unless it's not really a problem, and then. I would just wrap myself in bubble wrap. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to see that anyway, yeah. Okay, Danya, back to you. This question's for Natalia. When and how did table tennis become a popular sport? Mm. Well, table tennis became a popular sport because it started in Victorian England, as, as Ian said, and back then, you know, there's, there's this great picture of, of Queen Victoria playing table tennis. And in the Victorian period, everybody wanted to do everything just like Queen Victoria. So if you check out when, when we're done with this, you got to go online, check out this photo, Queen Victoria in full regalia, crown and everything, playing table tennis. And that's how it became popular. But then how it became popular in China is because it's a very cheap sport to play after the communist revolution then ping pong really took off in China because you don't really need much to play. You can just stack up as, again, as Ian said, you could just stack up some books and hit it with a shoe, hit the ball with a shoe across the books. So that's how it became popular in China. Okay. Fascinating. Ian, this question's for you. Do you have a role model that inspires you? And if you do, who is it? My father is my role model. Um, my father was also a Paralympic gold medalist. Um back in 1992. Uh, and he is the person who taught me how to play and is my current coach right now. Wow. Uh, and I think that I take a lot of different things from him, namely um, within table tennis, the discipline of understanding how to control your emotions, uh, as well as um, knowing that the fundamentals are very important and that through that you can build off of your game and compete at a high level. Okay. Wow. So is that tough with having a father as a coach? I mean, does that ever get a little tense at dinner time? <laughs> Not too much at dinner time, but when we are training, um, we have had quite a few fights um, about different things. So I'm sure anyone who deals with their parents a lot uh, can understand. But we know that we get over it and uh, um, we are very happy outside of table yeah. tennis. We don't fight with anything except for table tennis. Oh, that's good to know. Good policy. You both have a gold medal, is that correct? Correct. We are both Paralympic gold medalists. Wow, fantastic. That's so cool. I want to win a gold medal, Deborah. I want you to win one too. Maybe there's a robot Olympics. I'm going to win. I'm going to be a champion and I'm going to find my dad and I'm going to argue with him. <laughs> dad, if you're listening... I want to argue with you and win an award. (laughs) Good luck to you. Thank you. Okay, Tanya, you can carry on. This question is for both of you. What is your favorite serve and why? Oh, who would like to take that one first? Oh, uh, I love when they serve artichoke and spinach (laughs) dip. 
That's so good. <laughs> that is delicious. But I think she was talking to our experts about table tennis. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My favorite serve is easy. It's the short side spin pendulum serve, and that's because it's hard to return. Oh, okay. Is it also difficult to do that serve? Yes. Uh, only the top 1% of all uh, table tennis players are, are able to do a good one. Wow. That's tough. My favorite serve is probably the tomahawk serve um, because that's the first serve that I had learned growing up. And that helped me a lot in the finals of the Paralympics. Ooh. So I have to love it. You're not giving away any secrets by saying that that's <laughs> your winning serve, are you? No, no. Watching the match, it was very obvious what, I see. what my tactics were. I see. Okay. Yeah. His main tactic was winning. Yeah, that's, that's an important tactic to have also. I have one other question. How can you see the ball going so fast? I don't understand. When you first start playing, can you even track the ball or does it take you a while to figure out how to keep your eyes on it? It's a little hard for me to understand that because I've played since I was six. So it's kind of ingrained. Um, I think a lot of it is just natural reflex. And and um, sometimes you don't see the ball, but your body reacts oh, wow. pretty well if it's really fast. But uh, in many ways, you've seen the same ball going back and forth over the years. So that's how you can track it. Cool. Very cool. Thank you so much. Great questions. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are, like, really sneaky, and you often don't know how they're feeling, and the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. 
That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Okay, it's time for the Shorts on Fire round when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before the time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Danya will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds, and then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, no time to twiddle your rackets. Danya, we're going to start with Ian. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions now. What is it that allows players to create huge amounts of spin? The rubber on their paddles. Which kind of steps move you from side to side? Shuffle steps. In the Paralympics, table tennis has the third most players behind which sports? Track and field and swimming. Which country has won the highest number of gold medals in the Olympics? China. When table tennis was invented, what did players use for nets? Books. Who was the first player to win a gold medal two times in a row? Ma Long was the first male player to win a gold medal two times in a row. Factor fit. Table tennis became an Olympic sport in the Paralympics before the Olympics. Fact. What is the name of the shot that forces an error from your opponent? A winner? What 2014 documentary follows the road to the 2012 Summer Olympics of three teenage table tennis players? Top spin. And that is time. That's all the time. That's all the time we got. Lisa, would you kindly reset your timer? Yeah, hold on. Let me get the wrench. Oh, no. Okay, good. All right. Lisa has reset his timer. And now Danya can ask Natalia her shorts on fire questions now. Name a type of serve. The chicken wing. Soft serve. (laughs) Who is known as the Mozart of table tennis? Jan... Oh, uh, he's a Swedish player. I can't remember his name. I know his first name is Jan. What table tennis serve was banned in 1937? The finger spin. What happens when a player's serve hits the net and goes over to the other side? The points were played. What is the name of the first robot table tennis tutor? Pass. That's Walter. I know him. (laughs) How high is the table tennis net? Six inches. When was the hard bat era in table tennis? The 1920s, the 1950s. According to the Olympic World Library, how many players play in table tennis tournaments every year? Over 10 million. It's a big game. How do you choose what color ball to use? The higher ranked player chooses. And that is time. That's all That's all the time. Sorry. I'd like <laughs> to give you more, but I can't. Sorry. Out of my hands. Way to counter drive, experts. Okay, it's decision time. Danya must be our umpire and call out our table tennis trickster. Danya, who is our big fibber? I think it's Natalia. (gasps) Why do you think Natalia is our big fibber? She seemed really nervous when she answered the questions and... Mm. Ian just answered his questions in a more clear way, Mm -hmm. and he seemed more confident. Okay. I like that. So we're kind of going with their delivery and how they feel when they're answering the questions. All right. Will the actual table tennis expert please say your name? My name is Ian Seidfeld. (gasps) 
That is correct. Whoa. You got it right, Danya. Ian Seidenfeld is the 2020 Tokyo Paralympics gold medalist in the men's classic singles category. He represents the U.S. as a member of the U.S. National Para Table Tennis Team and trains at the Minnesota Table Tennis Federation's Training Center in South St. Paul. Congratulations on your gold medal, Ian. That's amazing. We're so honored to have you here with us today. Fantastic. So cool. Thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome. Okay, let's do some fact-checking, shall we? Ian, what were some of the facts that Natalia shared that need to be chopped? Um, I think a lot of times we call it table tennis strokes instead of arm motion. They're the basic strokes. Um, We don't really watch too much tape Mm. uh, on the daily. Uh, It's more preparing for tournaments because there's so many players and we really don't need to specify until too many. Um, Jan Ove Waldner is the Mozart of table tennis and one of the greatest table tennis players of all time. Cool. Um, And the ball is chosen by a coin toss during the match. um, And the color of the ball is usually white and chosen by the tournament before anyone. No one gets to choose the color of the ball. Interesting. Are there certain colors that are used or can the table tennis balls be any color? Generally, table tennis balls were either orange or white, but right now with plastic balls, it's generally white. Okay, interesting. All right. And Natalia, Mm. uh, how did you try to throw us for a loop? Well, as far as I know, there is no serve called a chicken wing, and I don't believe there's any famous photo of Queen Victoria playing ping pong. Oh, I was going to go look that up, too. (laughs) That's too bad. She told us to Google it, though. Google and find me a liar. (laughs) Okay, very good. And also, just for the record, the name of the first robot table tennis tutor is Forpheus. Oh, Forpheus. I was thinking my friend Walter. He he does it as well. Oh, well, maybe he wasn't the first, but maybe he... Yeah, yeah, no, he wasn't. Maybe Forpheus taught him. No, okay, scratch that. So, Ian, you said the Paralympics actually, so they became an Olympic sport before people started competing in the Olympics. Is that true? Table tennis was in the Paralympics in 1960 or the first Paralympic Games. And then table tennis was in the Olympics in 1988 in Seoul. That was a long time. Yeah, what took them so long? Yeah. Yeah, they were missing out big time. For sure. All right, well, we've played our game, and now we're all set. Thanks to our contestant, Danya, who clearly has the drive you need to seek out truth. Thank you to our expert and liar, Ian and Natalia, and to Lisa, who really knows how to spin those sounds. And, of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into The Big Fib, where we smash lies and rally for the truth. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there... You can send questions for me to read on Ask Lisa, and you can find out how you can participate, because participation is important. And you can follow us on social media at the Big Fit Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts, and just to be a follower, because that's what is important. You got to follow. Speaking of which, um, I have a bunch of tables, and if anyone wants to play tennis on them, just text me. Bye! I don't have eyes, so please...